On today's show, we'll be talking about issues around the sound, restaurants we've tried recently, new openings like Tidal Plus, Rendition, and Bourbon Steak, and upcoming events. We'll also share our tips on how to eat well when you're on vacation, especially during a pandemic. It's all coming up on the Seattle Dining Show. This is Bridget Charters of the Hot Stove Society. Welcome to the Seattle Dining Show. Coming to you live at the Test Kitchen Studio high atop Queen Anne Hill, it is time for the Seattle Dining Show. Join us as we explore news about Northwest restaurants, take a look at upcoming events, discover new kitchen tips you can use at home, dive into great recipes, and much more. And now, here's your host, the senior editor, Connie Adams, and whoever else just happened to drop by today. Welcome to the October 2021 Seattle Dining Show, number 2110. I'm Connie Adams, Senior Editor, and I'm here with Tom Marin, publisher and owner of Seattle Dining. Hey, hey, hey! Hey, there's some positive feedback. It's not the Fat Albert Show. (laughs) Um, And for those of you who are younger than us, oh God, Fat Albert was a Bill Cosby thing. Yeah, it was. Never mind. But anyways. Anyways, besides Bill Cosby, we have a bunch of stuff to talk about this month. Things that have piqued our interest. The first one is about the CEO at PCC who is out after less than a year. What do you think about that? So it was uh, Susie Mumford who was previously at Kroger and had a 30-year tenure in the grocery business. I think she's going to go back to being a mom for it again. <laughs> um, mom. Mon. But she only lasted seven months there, right? Or nine. Seven, nine? Some, I, I saw both seven and nine, so I'm not sure. Yeah. So um, anyways, uh, that's not very long for a CEO at PCC who's only had six CEOs over 68 years. Exactly. Uh, however, PCC has been growing and growing, and, and I think the reason they probably brought her in is because she came from the corporate grocery mm-hmm. world. And, and was going to help them grow yeah, in a responsible way. And uh, I don't think that the uh, staff is ready to deal with having someone with that kind of background coming in running the show because they could – you know, sort of gentrify what they're doing there. And then, and then she wanted to vote against the... Hazard was, pay. The yeah, the hazard, hazard pay. pay for COVID. So she kind of had a, a, a pretty rough ride there. Uh, but I, I will say, you know, that in order for PCC to continue to move on in a growth pattern, they're going to have to have qualified people like that come in and mm-hmm. they're going to have to get their staff to understand that... The old mom-and-pop grocery store that they were isn't going to be that way. Now, another thing I want to say about this is that the Times ran an article, and they quoted a customer who they didn't even use their name in the quote. Mm-hmm. They just took a quote from a customer who said that they didn't think that PCC was doing anything different from any other grocery store, which is a crock of Garbage. Yeah, that doesn't sound like PCC to me. No, because there's there's only one other grocery store I know of in the Puget Sound where I can go and find the kind of products that I like to get. And everybody knows I like to eat organic. I like to mm-hmm. eat clean. And and uh, Central Market is the only other place I know of where I can go and find. Well, maybe Whole Foods, but you know it's kind of wishy washy down there because mm-hmm. and that is a corporate deal. Yeah, but. Um, I think the Times quote was irresponsible and in, inaccurate. Um, you know, a process, most likely that customer just isn't even is not even looking for those types uh-uh. of products, clean products and organic products and USDA certified. And some of the PCCs are smaller stores too, so they might have less. I get, uh, I get pretty good selection at the smaller stores. Yeah, that, that no, but I mean, if you're not near looking, Green Lake is a small location. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, if you're not looking for organic or something, they can go in and say, "Oh, I'm not finding my Cheerios." You know, I'm not yeah, finding exactly. my Yeah, exactly. You're products. never going to find Cheerios yeah. there. But uh, that was that was just a miss. <laughs> it, yeah. it, it was a quote that missed the mark. Yeah. So I think what PCC is doing is good. Uh, <clears throat> I like to patronize them. 
Uh, I do understand that they're going to need to hire some heavy hitters in order to keep moving in their growth pattern, and I don't have a problem with them moving in their growth pattern. Mm -hmm. Um, So we'll see what happens in the future. But, uh, you know, this could happen all over again unless they train their staff to uh, suck it up and, you know, let let somebody take the wheel that knows how to take them to the next step. And I'll tell you, that's that's an issue right now because one of the problems everybody's having is a shortage of staff. So you want to maintain the staff you have. You want to keep them. So a lot of times when things change at a company like this, a lot of the old guard goes because they're they're fighting against the inevitable. Um, but right now, if you do that, you don't have a new guard. So yeah. that's another issue. You know, the, the pandemic has I mean, created... the guy they brought in to run the show in the meantime is somebody that's on the board. Yeah. Or had been on the board. Yeah. So... so and speaking of um, Central Market... Yeah. They um, are owned by Town & Country, and they are rebranding everything. So Ballard Market... Central Market, it's all talent country. I think it makes sense. It does. It I, kind of, I don't know why they had two things going at the same time in the three, first place. Three. Three. Ballard Market, Central oh, yeah, Market, right. yeah. Town and Country. I mean. Well, they used to have the Greenwood Market. Yeah. So. there's they. I think they were trying to be neighborhoody or something, and it's just gotten confusing. Well, I could tell you the reason they're moving it to Town and Country. Because they know that there's a certain cachet in the T and C. Mm. Like, you know, Tom and Connie. Oh, yeah. They know course. all about that. So they're going for that <laughs> TNC cachet because they want to they wanna hit that mark. Yeah, you know? we, we have that happen to us a lot, don't we? Yeah. It's just amazing. So I came home the other day. I had this box in front of my door. I'm like, you know, I don't even get packages here where I live. I get yeah. them down at a mail stop. I got this big box in front of my door. And I, oh, I look at it. And I'm like, what the heck is this? And I open it up. And it's a Bluetooth frying pan. Because you you know your pan should be connected to the Wi-Fi. <sighs> yeah. Seriously, that's what it does. Uh, so I open up the box and I look at the pan and, and it has a big warning on it. And it says, don't put this in the oven. Because in the handle is all these electronics and then they're supposed to put batteries in it, and then you're supposed to put an app in your phone <laughs> and cook with the pan with your phone. And, and get to the bottom of this. What is that supposed to tell you? Uh, How it, hot oh, the pan is. Well, yeah, and it's supposed to, like, change the temperature of the pan. So, oh. like, it has a, a preset for a steak. And it's supposed to, like, cook at high heat for a second to kind of sear it and then drop the heat down. It's totally kooky. So if anybody wants to buy it from me, <laughs> I put it on Amazon for sale. You're really selling it hard. <laughs> yeah. And I guess I got it because I got a new stove from General Electric, and they gave me a set of pots and pans yeah. with it. And then they must have sold my name off to this Heston company. Oh, I thought they. I thought that was one of the perks of buying the stove well it was it was getting the the cookware set but yeah. then the bluetooth pan showed oh, up and that was a whole different deal I don't, yeah. I, I don't know how they got my name but that must be how they got yeah. it so that's so crazy. anyways uh yeah i just i don't think bluetooth belongs in the kitchen you know i see the um the digital thermometers and the sous vides and all this stuff, and they're all supposed to connect through the Wi-Fi and all this. <laughs> yeah. Man, let's just get the cooking done and not yeah. have all the minutiae. Yeah, I don't know. It's It just seems um, a lot of extra stuff that you don't need that's, that's going to fail on you. And the other thing in my mind is that there's a lot of different ways to cook things. Like, for instance, right now, we're all all about putting a steak into a cold pan, you know, and then heating and, and going from oh, there. Oh, they probably have a program for that, They too. might, but, I mean, they may not. So you'd have to, like, pre-program your pan all the time. It's like, well, maybe they'll just too much Well, maybe work. they'll update the app with the new program. Well, but who's to say which is correct? Everybody has their opinion on it. So, yeah. you know, I don't know. Seems crazy. And, well, and, you know, it's not going to flip the steak for you. No. No robotic hand is going to come out of the handle so you and still flip have to the be steak. There. So you have to be there. Yeah, but there's something to be said for just learning how to cook a steak properly and yeah. and uh, 
somebody told me that uh, they 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 cook at home all the time, but they don't like to cook because they don't know how to cook. Yeah. And I was like, what? Did I hear that right? I mean, like if you're cooking at home all the time, you could teach yourself. You should how be learning to be something. Be a better cook. And if you do, this is like my constant refrain: when I make something and it doesn't work out, I want to know what I did because I don't want to do it again. Sometimes I'll just throw a recipe out and think, I didn't like it that much anyway. But most of the time it's like, God, that really did sound good. And what, what did I do that didn't work? And so that's how you slowly improve. Yeah, you know what happens? When I get it all perfected and I write the final version of the recipe, mm-hmm. then I put it into my cookbook. And then I inevitably blow it the next time I make it. I forgot to put in the seasoning or something, yeah. you know, so I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's an age thing, perhaps. So um, you had been reading uh, about all the issues on Orcas Island. Yeah, so Orcas Island's all out of balance. Uh, everybody wants to go because everybody's been at home with the pandemic, and now they all want to go somewhere close. And uh, there's not enough workers up on Orcas Island to deal with the tourists coming in. And on top of that, you know, Oprah sold her house up yeah, there. So who so, even wants to be there now? So Rosie can't even, like, be helping no. out cooking in town or anything. Rosie's you know? long gone. Is she? I thought, she I thought we talked about this the other day. Ago? I don't know. She did the book, and that was yeah. the last I heard. Yeah. <laughs> well, the other kind of going along with this issue, and we, we heard about it, I don't know how many years ago this was, now up in White Salmon along the Columbia River above. Yeah. It's like... There's no place reasonably priced that anyone who's in the restaurant industry can afford to live. Yeah, so now so. all these owners of restaurants are like building add-ons to their homes so they can put their service crew in there. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, you make a minimum wage or something, you can't live on Orcas Island. And there's a moratorium on having any more Airbnbs on the island. Yeah, which is, I think, a good thing, because that was the white salmon thing, was that everything that was available had been turned into an Airbnb. Yeah. So people couldn't just rent a, a house or an apartment and live there. So So then, like, if they build, like, these, like, uh, apartments to house all the service people, and then what are we going to do when they have their own little pandemic and all the service people get the flu or something like that? Yeah. Bed bugs. Yeah, they're all, you know. Yeah, living in close spaces. (laughs) Never ends. (laughs) Crazy. You know, the other thing that kind of caught my eye was something I got an email the other day was talking about, you know, the usual worker shortages and the people who are working, because there's not enough of them, they're working crazy hours. Um, and, and a lot of people don't want to come back because of inconsistent schedules, low pay, the risk of getting sick because people won't wear masks, um, unpleasant customers, the continuing, apparently, sexual harassment problems in the industry, all these things. So this article was talking about, will restaurants use this time to figure out how to use technology better and and not need as many humans. And I'm thinking, you know, like it's been several years ago that McDonald's started putting in the kiosks, which are still quite confusing to me. Um, so they might be okay for fast food and stuff like that, but I'm not going to go, you know, out for a nice breakfast or go out for a steak dinner and want to do everything online. I know. You know, so... I'm like, why is McDonald's so on everybody about using their app? It's like, that's just a pain in the butt. I know. And I. Did you want to use the app and then go to the touchless kiosk? It's like, good God, man. Just give me a burger. I, in fact, went to one burger place uh, sometime this summer and I I hadn't been thinking about eating out. And I thought, ooh, I'm by this place. I'll go get a burger. I love their burgers. And I drove up and they were open, but you could only open by phone. By calling and ordering. Oh, that was, uh, uh, it was Red Mill Burger. Yeah, yeah. down by the locks. Um, and I, I had um, left my phone at home. <laughs> so I, even if I had wanted to go through that pain, you know. Why you didn't gotta, you just go find a pay phone? Yeah, uh, see, that's okay. no, but It must be a pay phone over at the locks, huh? I don't know. <laughs> all I know is we were just in Hawaii, and I saw pay phones in all the airports, which uh, not Seattle, but Honolulu and Lahui. Yeah. So interesting. But all this technology 
Now, Amazon is saying that in two stores, and, and mind you, that's Washington, D.C. and Sherman Oaks, California, but they are going to bring cashierless technology to two Whole Foods stores. So it'll be like the Amazon to go where you just walk in, take stuff off a counter, and walk out. And the shelves are all apped up so they know what was taken off and what the cost was, and, and they monitor you as you leave the store. So once you get out of the store, you get billed. Uh-huh. So, so uh, don't you think they're going to have to have a certain number of security guards instead of checkers in the store? I don't know because – Because like people can just walk in there without the app and start pulling stuff off the shelves and well, walk I wonder, out. I don't know. Yeah, because if the, cause it said specifically it will bill you after you've left the store. So I don't know. Honestly, I've never been to an Amazon to-go thing, so I don't know how that works. I probably never will go to one. They probably want me to put their app in my phone. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm wondering. And then, you know, I don't know. It just seems to me... Amazon the, wants to access your Bluetooth. Yeah. Amazon wants to access your blood pressure. <laughs> it's going up right now. Amazon wants to access your health record and your dietitian's <laughs> recommendations. Do you want to buy everything at Whole Foods right now? <laughs> Click here. I, you know, I think what bothers me, and I've said this from when apps started to get really popular, but I don't want to junk up my phone and junk up everything with an app. I you could have, have an app like three for everything. Apps. I know you could have an app for everything. Yeah. And I, you know there are good things about having them, but you only want them on the things you really use. And if everybody goes that way, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Well, anyways, that that those are my issues this month. That's all. I'm that's saying. what we're talking about on the front of the show. Mm-hmm. Well, let's uh, let's. Uh, oh, you want to talk about where we've been eating out? Yeah, we could do okay. that. Um. I went to Salmon Bay Cafe, which I have not done for like probably 18 years, and it's been updated, and it's kind of bright and cheery, and it was a diner breakfast. I'm sure it wasn't healthy at all. It tasted good, and it was a a pleasant place to be. I I remember it being more run down, which is why I probably never went back. Old school Ballard is what it was. Yeah, yeah. So it still is kind of, but it's, it's, they've, you know, no more ripped booths and things like that. It was all done nicely, so. Hmm. I thought it was a it was a good thing. I'll have to stop in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you want to go? Uh, let's see. Well, we uh, no, you got two more. Go ahead. Okay. Hit the other two. Um, I went to a media thing. It was a, a European wine thing, but they held it at Monsoon on Capitol Hill. Mm-hmm. And you know, I hadn't been back there forever either, and I had really forgotten how good that food is. So, I mean, I hope people will. Will support them. I know when I talked to Eric, um, he said his sister and he and his wife are just working like dogs because they can't hire anybody. So the family is working like crazy. Hmm. And Sophie was there, the sister, and she was doing the food that day because he was out front, you know, talking to people and so stuff. So how was the service? Um, actually, it was pretty good. I mean, it was a media thing, so I'm sure they paid for people to be there and they had closed the restaurant they weren't allowing lunch people in it was for a private event mm-hmm. but it, the service was good and and it should have been if it had been bad that would have been you know not a good thing yeah. but the the food was good and i have to tell you one of the things they served was beef tongue and i've never eaten tongue of anything because it kind of doesn't appeal to me mm-hmm. it was absolutely delicious and tender Ooh. i know i know even now i'm kind of like I can't believe Everybody, I ate that, but it was so good. Just think of Connie with a cow's tongue hanging out of her <laughs> mouth right now. Like a lizard. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> one heck of a lizard. Um, I had breakfast also at the Heart and the Hunter, which is at the Pally Hotel downtown. And I had had lunch there once before, probably four, four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, they're known for their biscuits. That's their big thing. And... And I guess they're okay. I think I've just turned out not to be a biscuit person anymore. I'm not a biscuit person. Um, they. I know a few dogs that are biscuit dogs. <laughs> yeah, but you don't get them at the Bally Hotel. Um, the the biscuits are. I can't even tell you if they're flaky or not, but they're you you take a bite and you totally get the butter, which I'm a big butter fan, so it's not like that was a problem. Mm. But I was not. I had their um, 
uh, Eggs Benedict. And I was not, and it's on a biscuit instead of muffin. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was sort of unimpressed. I remember being unimpressed for lunch, and the service at that lunch was bad. The service this time was fine. Mm. But, um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't like saying this, but it's sort of like a hotel restaurant, you know? Oh, yeah. And it just wasn't, I know there are good hotel restaurants in this town, but I don't think that's one of them. Of course, I haven't tried dinner, but I think two out of two being just average or less than a... Yeah. So. All right. Well, I'll make mine quick. Uh, I ate it. You and I and friends of ours ate at Autumn down mm-hmm. on Finney. The new Brian Clevenger restaurant. And it wasn't... Is it on Greenwood or Finney? I think it's on Greenwood. Yeah, I think it's Greenwood. I don't know. It's Finney Ridge. Anyways. Didn't, didn't do anything for me. It was loud inside. Uh, it was expensive. Uh, well, you have to say, you, you had duck, and you said it was incredible, and I had a bite, and it was really good. Mm-hmm. And my, I had a prawn pasta with chili oil. It was excellent. We tried a side dish and had to send it back. Yeah. The service was not very good. No. So it, all in all, I kept... After we left, and I there's said there's four of us, and it was like three hundred bucks or something. Well, ours was like one hundred and fifty. Yeah, and theirs was one hundred and fifty. It was three hundred dollars. They had for two four drinks people. less than we did. They each had one drink, so they had a little well, less we than we did. To, but um, we need to get them in gear. <laughs> All right, but, then uh, we went up to Skagit County, and we went to the airport, and we dined at the restaurant at the community airport up there. It's called Skagit Landing. And what did you think about that? You know, I, I was not impressed, but I would give it another shot because the the chef is the chef that's been at the Seattle Art Museum uh, restaurant taste for some time. And um, she moved up there, and it was, you know, COVID immediately, and they have staff shortages like everybody. So she's not doing the menu she'd like to do. Um, so I would want to go when she feels like she can, they aren't even doing dinner. They may be now, but they're not even doing dinner. But I, I think it, it deserves another shot. I was not impressed though. I have, I have no need to go back. And another place that we went to that I have no need to go back to is called STK Steakhouse in Bellevue. Uh, you should pack your armored car before you go over because <laughs> it is extremely expensive uh, the food is not very good. Uh, the service was great. And we'll be right back with our news bites. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Salty Seafood Waterfront Restaurants. Visit them on the water at their Alki, Redondo, and Portland locations. Hi, my name is John. I'm from Edmonds, and my favorite restaurant in Edmonds is Bar Dojo. Hi, this is Kurt Beecher Dammeyer, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. Seattle Dining Show. I am the abrupt publisher, <laughs> Tom Barron. I'm here with the front of the house, Connie Adams. And uh, before we get into news bites, we got to cover a couple of wines. Tell us about this Kirkland Malbec. You know, it's the Costco brand, and it was six ninety nine. And to be honest with you, I was fine with it. Um, it that it's great for just a casual dinner if you just want to pour a wine and have a little sip of something. It was fine. Mm-hmm. $6.99. I like that. $6.99. I like 6 99s. Yeah. I could drink them all day <laughs> and all night. <laughs> you could. Uh, the other red I wanted to talk about was the Tenet um, GSM. It was a 2016. This, com- this is a uh, um, collaboration between Chateau Saint-Michel and the Rhone's Michael Gossier with a consulting enologist, Philippe Camby. Um, so they have a lot of horsepower behind making this thing. Um, it's 
50% Grenache, 24% Morved, 24% Syrah, 2% Cinso. So uh, for me, it was kind of light for a, for a red, it, and it should be a little lighter as a GSM, but um, I don't know. It's $75. It wasn't a $75 wine to me. No. Um, you kind of felt the same way, and we had it with two – we had it twice, once with a friend of yours and once with my brother. They both loved it. They thought it was great. Yeah. And we were the ones who were kind of like, yeah, it's fine, but $75? I want to go back to my six ninety nine wine. Yeah. Well, I uh, have been getting organic wines out of Toll Wine, but um, – Really, they really don't have that many, and I wish they had more. Um, but I remembered that Trader Joe's a couple of years ago had organic wines. Mm-hmm. So I went hunting the other day, and no more. They don't do oh. them anymore. So hmm. that was a heartbreaker for me. Yeah. I wonder about someplace like BevMo. Oh, yeah. They may. Yeah. But, but I don't have a BevMo near me. Mm. The nearest one to me is six miles away in Ballard. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Well, shall we move on into News Bites? Yeah, let's go to News Bites. And, you know, we add things all the time to News Bites, and we just pick out some things to talk about. So there's always more up there. You can just go to seattledining.com and click on News Bites. The first one is um, kind of – it is good news – RN74 closed for the pandemic downtown, the Michael Mina restaurant, Uh and um, it never reopened. So now um, they're opening on August 1st as a new concept. There are other – it's called Bourbon Steak. opening on October 1st. What did I say? You said August. Oh. Hmm. I was looking at October and I thought I said it. Anyway, um, Bourbon Steak, they have a couple of others around. It's a modern American steakhouse. Creative interpretations of classic dishes, highlighting Pacific Northwest and Washington State ingredients at this one. So um, it's nice to know that something's going to go back in downtown, which I like. They're saying all-natural, organic, and hormone-free cuts of beef. I'm not seeing grass-fed anywhere. <laughs> well, it can't be, can't be organic unless it's grass-fed. Yeah. Oh, that's true. So the executive chef will be Adam Reese, R-E-E-C-E. Okay. So then the next newbie is Market Seattle, and that is in the Seattle Art Museum. They took out Trace, uh, or sorry, Taste, and put in Market Seattle. And the interesting thing about this is it's brought to you by Chef Schubert Ho and his business partner, Andrew Leckie. They're the ones who have everything in Edmonds Market, Salt and Iron, Bardoja, Sanke Fire, and the Feast. We had on the show a couple years Yeah, or a couple, a couple months, months ago, ago yeah. yeah. Potlatch Bistro. I mean, he's, they've got a ton of stuff. So they're the ones doing the new art museum. I wonder how long that will last. It's, it's going to have to be expensive if if these guys are behind it. Well, it could be. I or mean, like they're salting. In order for the food to be good, the food costs are going to be high. Yeah. Yeah. Well, downtown Seattle, too. People expect it more in the city. Uh-huh. Um, and I, from everything I've heard, I haven't been to Salt and Iron, but everybody says that's pretty expensive. So we'll see what happens. Um, Brendan McGill has reopened Bar Taglio on on one end of First Avenue and Cafe Hitchcock. Well, actually, they're pretty close. And Cafe Hitchcock. They're um, door apart from each other, yeah, I think. Yeah, they are. With the address. Oh, yeah, 818 yeah. and 822. 822, they're really close. I was looking at that and I was like, they're right next door to each other. Salty's on Alki has restarted lunch service. They're doing Thursdays, Fridays, Saturday, and Sunday. And they're opening up at the airport. Yeah. But we don't know when. It just says 2021. Yeah, and we're really close to the end of 2021, really. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm sure everything got slowed down because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, Revelers Club has announced that in late 2021, they will be opening Vancouver, Washington's first rooftop bar. It'll be at the Hotel Indigo and have sweeping southern views of Columbia River and Portland skyline. Again, a Pacific Northwest menu, seasonal handcrafted cocktails. So, I hope they call us down. Yeah, we should stay at that hotel and yeah. write it all up. Um, Tom Douglas is opening a serious pie in Kirkland's, the village at Totem Lake. And he's shooting for spring 2022 on that one. So he's 
got these satellite locations now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he never did before. No, he always had all his places he could walk to, but he can't walk to Tacoma and he can't walk to Yeah. Well, you know, Bellevue. having everything in downtown Seattle over this pandemic and all the Yeah, he lost half troubles. his restaurants, didn't he? Well, yeah. I mean, he's changed some stuff up and some haven't reopened, so. Yeah. yeah. Dukes has launched a frozen chowder line at Metropolitan Markets. They've got three chowders and a new Dungeness crab bisque. Um, all whole food, no additives. They're very stringent about that. Now, these are all on the menu, I believe, at Dukes. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. They all rang a bell. Yeah, yeah. The, the classic and then the lobster mobster and a Ragin' Cajun. Yeah, but you tried looking for them at Metropolitan on Lower Queen Anne, Uptown, and the, you couldn't find anything. Yeah, it was the day the email came out announcing it. So I went right down to to get some and see what it was like, and they didn't have it. So I, I let them know, and they said, oh, that something had happened, and they didn't get their display up. They It had to be – their agreement was it had to be an end. End cap. End cap, and, you know, it didn't happen or something. So huh. I, I, I've been meaning to get back down and do it again, but haven't done it. Um, and I think they're – Am I right? The retail on them is like eleven or twelve dollars, and it's two servings. It's fifteen ninety nine. Oh, fifteen? Oh, I think it was fifteen ninety nine. Wow! So sixteen dollars and it's two servings, so it's eight dollars a serving, which is what you're going to pay if you go to the restaurant. Well, it depends on how much. It probably is, but I wonder. You know, at the restaurant they have those little tiny dinghies, and then a cup, and then a bowl. You know. You can pay twenty bucks or more, twenty-two bucks or something for a bowl of chowder. Oh, there. So I don't know how much is in these. If it's, we'll have you know, to do our homework. Yep, we do. We'll report back later. <laughs> Ethan Stoll has opened something new. It's the Victor Tavern in the Via Six Building. Remember, he took over all those spaces that Tom Douglas was in. Oh yeah, across the street from the Amazon. Yeah, so twenty-one twenty-one Sixth Avenue. So fish aquarium. Yeah, we're going to be. Checking that out in the next week or so, next couple of weeks. We'll report back. Yes. And then Chef Lisa Nakamura has taken the executive chef job at Bay Laurel Catering and Athletics Dining, and that's at the UW. It's another case of uh, chefs going, I need something solid. You know, yeah. get, get me into a job where I can just go in and do it and come home. She doesn't want to own her own restaurant anymore, so. Well, she hadn't. For a while, since yeah. she was on the island, and then she was doing her um, gnocchi, and then she sold that. Hmm. So Jack's Barbecue is opening two new places, a Jackalope Tex-Mex Cantina in Columbia City. That's hoping to open around the 1st of November. And then a second brick-and-mortar Jack's Barbecue set to open before Christmas in Bellingham. I thought that was interesting. Hmm. Or maybe the barbecue is big with the college kids. I would actually. I was thinking in Bellingham that will probably do very well. I remember my last trip to Bellingham. Some guy was freaking out and banging on the oh doors. Oh my god! He chased you across the street, demanding <laughs> the nickel you stole from him. And then when when you just kept ignoring him, it went up to a dollar and five dollars. And then I think like he ended a at five hundred dollars or something. That I he think said I owed him. he ended. It was all fives. So it was oh. a nickel and a five dollars, and I think he got up to five hundred. <laughs> Uh, crazy. And the police never came. No, you it called. Took, I, think, I think somebody showed up like an hour. No, nobody ever I don't showed think, up. I oh. think somebody called you later. Yeah, they called me like an hour later. Yeah. How's it going? <laughs> it's like, could have been very bad, but thanks for checking. Yeah, we were about to have broken windows over here, bud. <laughs> Ooh, well, you know, Jack, they got that special flavor, the yeah. uh, cigar Sarcar. ash in your ribs. That's a yummy <laughs> one. You're going to want Talk about liquid smoke, man. That's <laughs> that's the stuff. We'll be hearing from his PR person. Oy. A rendition restaurant has opened in the Hotel Interurban in Tukwila. There was something else in there, and I've they've reconcepted. So it's new takes on a classic American favorites and show-stopping. That's their words, show-stopping desserts. So shareable plates, aromatic, spirit-driven cocktails. I was going to go down to an opening thing, and it turned out I wasn't able to make it, so I don't have any more information. I was going to have actual data for you, but not now. We'll report back. We'll report back. And Tidal Plus Restaurant is open at the Hyatt at Olive 8 in downtown Seattle, celebrating all things local. 
That's another one that was something else um, and is now title. So, and another one it's that I missed an opening. Hard to find local opening. food with all these restaurants taking it all in. Yeah, you know? well, yeah, just got to go out and eat out all the time. <laughs> so, another uh, partnership that's kind of interesting is Westland Distillery is going to be the official local whiskey partner of the Seattle Kraken and the Climate Pledge Arena. So, it's interesting that it's the local whiskey partner. So, obviously, they're going to have other whiskeys there. Just oh not, yeah, you know, local. Oh yeah, they'll they'll have other, but it, yeah, probably won't be local whiskeys. Yeah. Um, the other thing that was just newly um, mentioned today, I saw it in my email today, is that a new executive chef to, chef has been named for six seven at the Edgewater Hotel. It's Jonathan Little, and he was formerly at the Fairmont Olympic. Hmm. So um, we'll see what he comes up with. Hmm. Yeah. So, they need to have us down. They really should. Oh, and I just just out of curiosity, you know, Jesse Souza was the chef there for quite some time. So I looked him up, and he moved back to Maine, where he was from, and he's in a hotel restaurant ah. called Front and Main, a Lockwood Hotel in in Waterville, Maine. Huh. So if anyone's interested. All right. Well, let's uh, let's take a little break here. When we come back, we'll jump into the calendar. Sounds good. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Petra Mediterranean Bistro. Take a journey to Greece, Lebanon, Jordan, and the North Shore of Africa by way of Belltown as you dine in a welcoming atmosphere and experience the hospitality the Chef Call provides. Need a quick bite? Drop into the attached cafe or shop for authentic flavors in the adjoining store. Visit PetraBistro.com for more information. My name is Leslie, and I'm in Seattle now, but I was in Bellingham for 15 years and have always eaten at this Thai restaurant called Busara, and it has better Thai food than even I had in Thailand, and it's amazing. Hi, this is Bob Harris with Robert Ramsey Sellers, and you are listening to the Seattle Dining Show. Watching was that a Seahawks game that was on? I, I thought it was some other football team. Some, a, a football team you don't want to know right it was now. So awful, and and uh, even the cat got up and left and went to bed in my bedroom. In the oh, hey, are of we the recording day. now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just got to get in a little jab. So I guess we're here for the calendar now. Yes, we are. All right, and you can find calendar items on seattledining.com backslash calendar. Well, the first one coming up is the fifth annual Wander Walla Walla happening now through December 19th. Winemakers create custom itineraries focusing on their favorite spots, wineries, eateries, attractions. Free registration, pay as you go. I'm thinking this is a, a way to get information on potential customers. Because it's you, you register and then you can look at the itineraries and choose what you want to do. And this is something that you do online, and then you get you get a printout of the itinerary. I yeah, I guess I didn't go in and check it out, but oh. I'm I'm thinking so they you know you choose what you want to do and then you just uh, go do, it. and then if when once you get to these places, if you want to do something, that's when the payment comes comes in. Oh. You know, so if you want to do a flight at a winery or if you want to, if the attraction is, you know, something you have to pay for, then. Whatever happened to the days of free wine tasting? Man. You know, Walla Walla was almost never free. Yakima was and still partially is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, On October 2nd at 6.30, Lombardi's in Mill Creek is having an Opici Italian wine dinner. Or maybe Opici. It's a hundred. Is it okay? A hundred dollar tax with tax and grat included. They're doing prosciutto and melon, baked goat cheese salad, carpaccio, rack of lamb, and a dessert plus all the wine pairings with each course. 
I think it's Opichi because I have like 12 years of Italian that I've, uh, you know, been taking Italian for 12 years. So. Yeah, that's a brand new piece of information for me. Yeah, you didn't know that about no, me. No, I did not. Uh, things in my former life I didn't tell you. <laughs> The past 12 years. I have been with you the past 12 years. (laughs) All right. uh, Let's see. Uh, Hyatt Regency on Lake Washington is running a Lake Toberfest at the Dock and Drink restaurant on site. That'll be happening October 4th through the 10th. Traditional German fare like schnitzel sliders, Uli's famous sausage bratwurst, pretzel rolls, and local beer. Are schnitzel sliders, schnitzel, I'm not even saying that right, sliders. Can you say schnitzel sliders ten times fast? I can't even say schnitzel. I did it. Um, (laughs) I don't know that that's a traditional German fare, a slider, but okay. I just don't eat the sniffle sliders because they'll give you you the COVID. (laughs) So, uh, you know, we're not telling uh, like uh, hyperlinks here, but there's obviously links to all this stuff on the calendar page on Seattle Diet. Exactly. So if you do want more information, you're going to go there and click on the calendar and get the link to what what the details yeah. are. Brew at the Zoo is coming back. You get to sample imports, domestics, microbrews, ciders, and more from over 40 breweries, 6 to 9 p.m., and that's 21 and over. Hmm, I'm trying to think of how I'd be doing after 40 brew samples. <laughs> you only get a certain amount of... Uh, I've never seen a spit bucket at a, at a beer sampling, have you? No. So no. I guess you just have to suck it up and drink it. Yeah, that's a shame. I bet beer drinkers just hate that. Hmm. Uh, October 8th through the 10th is the Dungeness Crab and Seafood Festival. It'll be Friday through Sunday at Port Angeles City Pier, the Gateway Center, and the Red Lion Hotel. And I think all these are kind of walkable from each it's other. It's all, yeah, right in there. Uh, the admission is free, crabfest.org, for discounted crab dinner tickets. So it's sort of like that other thing we were just talking about. You, It's free to go. You can just wander. There's live music. But if you want the crab dinner or you want to buy, there's other places doing food and wine and beer. Yeah, you have to pay for that. You know about this one? The uh, uh, it's uh, called October tenth through the thirtieth. It's a special uh, holiday period called the Tomicon, <laughs> and and as the twenty day period between your birthday and mine. So yeah, only only Connie and I know how to celebrate that. Nobody else really has to worry about it. But I did want yeah. to make a mention of it. Although, if anyone wants to send money and pay for the Tomicon, yeah, that would be okay. Yeah, we'll take Venmo. We don't know what it is. We don't have the app, but we'll take it. Yes. This is how out of it we are. <laughs> On October fifteenth is the next wine dinner at Semiamu. This one's with Sleight of Hand Sellers. These are the ones they've been doing and are doing through December, I believe. That are seasonally inspired menu which is not shared until you arrive. So the whole idea is you're going to stretch your palate and just be open to whatever they do. Yeah, leave your food allergies at the door. Yeah. Uh, Also on October 15th, the Seattle Made Tour and Tasting. It's a sip and tour. You're going to sip and tour production facilities at Rooftop Brewing, Ladro Roasting, Fast Penny Spirits. I guess it should say N Fast Penny Spirits. Yeah. Uh, tours last 20 minutes and include samples of two drinks. So you at only each get place. two out of three? Is no, that? at each place. Okay. Yeah. And then Seattle Restaurant Week is coming back. It starts October 24th and goes through November 6th. There's over 200 participating venues across 45 neighborhoods. I thought that was interesting. I'd never seen the neighborhood count before. Oh, yeah, we have a lot of them here. I think the last count was there's like 75 different neighborhoods in Seattle. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. That's why it's interesting. So lunches are $20, and then there are – this is different, I think, this year. You can have a $35 or a $50 dinner. And that this year is different. Also, it includes takeout, delivery, or on-site dining. Huh. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, the Metropolitan Grill is doing a Seahawks Sunday brunch on 
Halloween. Halloween. Uh, it's going to be Good Food and the 12th Man Bloody Mary. Afternoon games, bar opens early from 9 a.m. to close. Dining room opens at 9.30 a.m. Is that a game day by any chance? Yeah, there's a series of them. I'm just putting October in right now, but November, you know, they've got things coming up. And they do something special, I think, for away games. It's just not a brunch. And and so then I guess they have uh, the bar games available in case the game gets a little boring. (laughs) Yeah, really. Maybe. You can just come right back to Metropolitan Grill if you were actually at the game after brunch. (laughs) All right. Uh, Connie and I have been on vacation, and while we were on vacation, an interesting thing happened, and we will come back and tell you all about it. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Queen Anne Olive Oil. Explore their huge selection of flavor-infused olive oils and balsamics. Mix and match to create some unique taste treats. Take a field trip soon to the top of Queen Anne and experience oils and vinegars in a whole new way. Find more information at QueenAnneOliveOil.com. Hi, this is Jeff from Des Moines, Washington, that is. On a weekend, uh, Saturday, Friday afternoon, my wife and I love to go down to Salty's and Redondo, sit out on the deck, listen to some live music, and enjoy their great appetizers. Hi, this is Heather Decker with Yakima Valley Tourism, and you are listening to the Seattle Dining Show. In a restaurant on the north shore of Hawaii, of Kauai, in Princeville. And Connie says to me, so what's your takeaway of this trip? (laughs) And I said, a lot. Because we just had a very bizarre vacation where we went to Hawaii and we couldn't get a rental car. And if we could have got a rental car, it would have cost us like $700 for the week. Mm-hmm. But we couldn't even get one. So we had to take the public bus from Lahui Airport up to Princeville. And let me tell you, if anybody's listening from uh, the Kauai County Public Transit, please put new suspension on that bus. <laughs> Man. So then we uh, – First stop, we didn't go right to my timeshare. We went to the grocery store. And we had kind of made a little plan that we were going to just put together a whole bunch of sort of little tapas things and then go to the timeshare. And So then we had a guy who was a kind of a local Uber guy. He came, picked us up, and, t- and drove us down to the timeshare. But... Um, you know, a lot of times we go to Hawaii and we come back and we talk about where we've been eating. And this one was different because as a result of the pandemic, um, we we had to go to the grocery store pretty much every day mm-hmm. um, because there was only so much I could throw in my backpack and carry back home. So I couldn't, like, put a case of wine in my backpack. Yeah. And that wasn't going to work. And I am a very little assistance in this area. Yeah. So I thought, well, it might be fun to talk about how to eat when you're out on vacation if you have the luxury of having a kitchen Mm -hmm. at your place, which we always do when we go there. And the lack of the luxury of places being open. I mean, the restaurant in the Westin Hotel was takeout only. Right. I mean, there was not a lot. The the, the resort to the west was closed. Mm -hmm. We went down to Hanalei and nothing was open Couldn't until get lunch. two p.m. Yeah, you could get like the like the fast food junky stuff down in yeah. Hanalei, but you couldn't go and have a mai tai somewhere. Yeah, because nothing was going to be open until the afternoon. And even those fast fast food places like that had taken all their chairs and tables out. 
Oh, yeah. So you could go in and order, but you had to go find someplace else to sit down and eat. Yeah. You always had to find a, like, a, like a bench or a table outside. And then, you know, it's Hawaii. It's on the North Shore. It's September, the beginning of the rainy season. And uh, you might get a little wet while you're yeah. out there. You'll so. be warm, but you'll be wet. So I think on that day, we ended up going up to Tiki and Niki. Yeah, we took the Todd bus Rundgren's back. Todd place. And... Uh, but anyway, so there we were in in Kauai, and uh, we do like to walk. We don't mind walking. Mm-mm. So it was kind of good because we basically walked up to the grocery store just about every morning and picked up whatever we were going to have for the day. Sometimes we went in the late morning because they have some poke that we like to get. Yes. So we could go up and, and get the poke and go find a bench maybe under a, a roof. And have that, and then go back to the grocery store and get all the food that we were going to use that night and the next morning. Um, but I think what ended up happening was we we really kind of that that buying all those tapas. You know, we bought a bunch of cheese and some dried meats mm-hmm. and uh, some hummus. Uh, that was a nice basis for. We used it three times or something. Yeah. We were able to use the cheese in omelets later. And, and uh, well, actually, what ended up happening was I, I made a souffle, and I don't even know how to make a souffle. Yeah. But we had some cream available, cause we had, or half and half. We made yeah. it with half and half. Uh, I, I, you know, I never knew how a souffle just puffs at a certain point. And this didn't puff up like I think of souffles being two or three inches high. Well, that would be if you're using whole cream, probably. Yeah, but this did, and it was funny right at the right at the very end. Yeah, right at the end. I kept looking in the oven, and and if that egg was still kind of liquidy on top, and then the next thing I know, I look in, and it's 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 uh, it's cooked, and it's about a half inch higher. Yeah. So yeah. And we put the – you had cut up the last of the dry salami and the cheese in there. Mm-hmm. It was really good. Really yeah. Good. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, I I was able to snack on some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the very last little tidbits of stuff I just snacked on. Uh, something that we've done before in the past, we didn't do it this time, um, although now I wish we would have, but um, we ship stuff ahead. Yeah. Because it only costs you, you know, what, 10 or 12 bucks to ship a priority box. So about a week before you go on the vacation, you, you kind of map out what you're going to be eating and then you ship things like your we, – we would ship uh, infused balsamics and infused oils for salad dressings. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to buy I, – I haven't bought a bottle of salad dressing off a grocery oh, store no. shelf in over a decade. Yeah. Um, spices, things like rubs. We were able to pack that up, and I, I did carry that onto the. Where did I carry the food? Or you took it all. You took it all. <coughs> um, you, but yeah. you know things like uh, syrup. If you want to make pancakes or yeah. waffles or something, you don't want to go buy a whole thing of syrup because you're just going to throw that in the garbage can yeah. and not take it back home. And you can't give it to anyone because it's been opened. Um, you know. Yeah. Um, so that, that's something that I highly recommend people consider doing, particularly if you have diet issues or, or, or you just want to eat healthy and clean and you want to have clean products and you're going to have to ship to yourself. So you're sure they're there. Uh, there was a little grocery store that we liked down in Hanalei and sadly it's gone. Yeah. Although our, our driver guy that we got to know said that on the, on the door, it says it's a coffee company now. And he said it is going to be an organic store again. Oh. Uh, they will have coffee there, which they didn't before. But uh-huh. it's going to be or- – uh, uh, he said it's going to be another little grocery store. And I said, but it is, is it going to be organic? And he said, yeah, yeah, that's the plan. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. Because, you know, I mean, they used to have grass-fed beef in there. Yeah. And uh, it was kind of nice because, uh, you know, you wouldn't think this would happen, but the little IGA across the street picked up a line of grass-fed beef yeah. and kind of filled that gap up. Mm-hmm. But uh, we couldn't justify buying grass-fed beef because we figured by the time we went from Hanalei on the bus back up to Princeville and then walked home, uh, that that beef was going to be hitting room temperature yeah. about midway home. So and and we still 
couldn't have lunch anywhere. So if we'd had to stop for lunch, yeah, then it right. was even more time. So yeah, that that whole thing was weird. So, anyways, um, what else? Um, you know, one of the things that that I sort of liked about this it it wouldn't work if this was a vacation that you'd been dreaming about forever and you'd never been because when you have a vacation like that you want to see things you mm-hmm. want to go places we go pretty much every other year yeah and i've owned it for 41 years so oh, i've been there at least 20 times <laughs> So. He, he is that old. Yeah, I'm just I wasn't saying. missing doing the driving around no. the island. But my point was, we didn't need to do all that, so it didn't kill us not to have the car. Yeah. However, um, the, the sort of nice thing about it is that on a vacation, you just don't want to be on a schedule. That For me, mm-hmm. that's a big deal on the vacation. So it was kind of nice that we could just, you know, we usually do fall into a pattern, and that just turned out to be the walking up to the store and getting stuff, and we'd sort of decide in the morning, what do you want to do? What do we get tonight? You made taquitos the first night, and then we used, we didn't eat them all, and then we used chicken outside of them to make um, nachos one <laughs> we night. We deconstructed the chicken yeah. from the uneaten taquitos. Because <laughs> <laughs> we'd already had them twice, and we still had more. Um, but, we, but we used everything we had, which was yeah. great. I mean, if if we had to, if we had to fill up a shopping bag with how much food we wasted, we would only fill it up about a half full, maybe. Yeah. So yeah. wasn't wasn't we, bad. Uh, the local avocados turned out to be really good oh. because they were well they they were giant they were big but they had large seeds inside yeah. that were larger than a golf ball. Yeah. Um, but the thing about them was, I don't know if it's because I put the lemon juice in when I made the guacamole, but never turned brown. The next day, it was still yeah. green. Yeah. In fact, I don't think we – did we eat it the next day or the day after? We ate it the next day, and then we had a third one. They were so large, we only oh, used right. the first two. Oh, that's right. third one, and we, we made more guacamole. Yeah. Or we, we made slices with that, didn't we? No, we, we made guac. Okay. For the nachos. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was just really good, and and the paper bag thing worked. We we could not find anything ripe. Oh yeah. So we got these three enormous, and they were avocados. ready the next day. Yeah, we just I put them in a paper a grocery bag and rolled down the top and let it sit overnight, and they were ready. We had some local garlic that was humongous. Yeah, that was enormous too. So, um, so yeah, it was definitely a different trip. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to do it that way every time, but, you know, I think we ate better at home than, than the food that we got when we were out. Yeah, it was. Um, and, you know, we went out for pizza and salad one night, and that was $118. I mean, everything. Yeah, for two people. Yeah, for, for pizza. Yeah. You know, it, it. And then I ordered a salad at Tiki and Niki, oh. and it was, was a $12 salad, mm-hmm. and you could pay $12 and get shrimp or chicken. In addition, yeah. So I ordered the shrimp. So now we're up to twenty four dollars, and they brought three little, probably like <laughs> eighteen count shrimp. Yeah, we're talking shrimp, not prawns. They were little guys, and uh, I did ask the server. I said, "Did I just pay twelve dollars for three shrimp?" And they brought me three more. Yeah, and you know, I don't know. She she said that they were training in the kitchen, and and people didn't have every the whole menu down yet. But I wonder. I if do. that is really what they're charging, and most people won't say anything about it. Yep. So yep. it's expensive. All righty. Well, let's uh, let's take a little break, and when we come back, we got some tips and tricks that don't have anything to do with being out on vacation. <laughs> Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by. Esquin Wine and Spirits. Drop by and check out one of the widest inventories of wines from around the world, as well as local and international spirits, all procured by their expert staff. Is your wine collection ready for a new home? Esquin offers monthly wine store storage lockers in a temperature-controlled environment. Visit their website at madwine.com today. Hi, my name is Miles, and I live in Kelowna, British Columbia. When I visit Seattle... My favorite restaurants are any of the Ethan Stowe or Tom Douglas restaurants. Hi, this is Carrie from Tavolo, and you are listening to the Seattle Dining Show.
mom who's the abrupt guy, and you've got me who's the good girl. And I like the nicest this, lady in the world. Yeah, sometimes a little too nice. And I'm going right back there again because it is my way for my tip today, which is that sometimes when official reviewers, I don't consider us official reviewers, but uh, really food reviewers, restaurant reviewers, um, and even us, we can put down restaurants for things we don't like. And one of the things that has struck me lately is that, you know, there's something for everyone. And just because we don't like something doesn't mean it might not be good. I'm, I would never say that if it was a cleanliness issue or if it was just like inedible. I, I, I wouldn't be able to be nice about it. But sometimes I think, you know, a place doesn't appeal to us. Um, and, and it is more about the kind of people we are, what we enjoy doing when we go out, the kind of food we like. And so I think when you're going to talk about whether a place was good or not, it's nice to be very specific. You know, it didn't appeal to me because it oh, yeah. was very loud or because um, it was all... Because the food was not good. Yeah, well, for me, it wasn't good or, or if it was, you know, inedible. But, or if everything's made with bell peppers, I'm not going to be a happy camper. <laughs> so I'm going to have to say that, but somebody else could love bell pepper. So, you know... There, like I said, there's just something for everyone. So keep in mind when you're passing on information about a place you've been, these people are probably struggling to make it go. And, uh, you know, it might work for somebody else. Okay. Is that, is Was that, that directed toward me? No. Oh. Uh, I'll just say it. It was directed toward STK Steakhouse. <laughs> because we really, really didn't like it. And you know what? Other people were in there. It was they have a DJ. It's supposed to be a rock and oh kind God, of place. Yeah, we you know? forgot about that. It's a rock and kind of place. They're, and it's meant to be like that. They the DJ started before six PM, so you are blasted out to the point you can't have a conversation while you're having dinner. Now, that's their thing. We hated it. But hated that's it. their thing. Yep. And there were people there who seemed to be having a great time. And in Bellevue. So I, I wouldn't have thought that would have been a rocking out kind of group, but um you know, they have other locations. Well, the meter was running on my armored truck, so I had to get back home. It was a little scary. I mean, and <laughs> and we did give them feedback. I mean, a side salad was twenty five, and oh, tater, tater tots, tots for seventeen dollars. Tater yeah. tots, seventeen dollars. So, so I could be specific. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So just anyway, not aimed at me. that no, it wasn't aimed at you at all. It was I was just trying to be, I was trying to be <laughs> nice and not say all the things that annoyed us. But somebody else could find that to be just. The coolest place. Oh, it's just yeah. not ours. You know, <laughs> definitely not ours. Uh, well, my son has a DJ set up at his house. Maybe he'd like yeah. to run that while he makes me mediocre food. <laughs> yeah. I can have the experience. He probably has done that Maybe for you. Maybe he can bring me like 12 different steak <laughs> sauces that all have no flavor. Okay. <laughs> All right. What about you? Well, you know, I opened up my pantry the other day and I saw a large bottle of apple cider vinegar. And then I opened up the refrigerator and there was a mid-sized bottle of apple cider vinegar. (laughs) And I thought, oh my God, what am I going to do with all this apple cider vinegar? I don't think there's a whole lot that I can cook with it. I know there is if I look it up. Oh, yeah. But then I, I remembered that, um, you know, vinegar is a, a good cleaning product. And so I went to the Internet and I said, hey, Internet, what can I do with all this apple cider vinegar? And one of the things it came back with was uh, using it as a cleaning agent in your shower. Hmm. Because of the high acid, it does a good job of pulling all the uh, soap scum and that hmm. sort of stuff off of the walls of your shower. So uh, I'm slowly getting that bottle down doing mm. that. Uh, another thing that I have a lot of right now is baking soda. Oh, yeah. So I asked the Internet, you know, uh, what do I, I tried the apple cider vinegar on my shower curtain. didn't work too good. Um, and I, so I said, you know, what can, what can I clean my shower curtain with? And the Internet came back and I said, baking soda. Put mm. baking soda on a microfiber towel. So I did that and uh, it worked pretty good. Yeah. So there's stuff in your kitchen that you can safely use around the house to clean other stuff. You know, particularly if you have pets. Yeah. 
Uh, you don't want to be, you know, using bleach around the pet area. Uh, you don't want to uh, clean up. You know, if you if you have a cat and you have a cat box, and I hope you have a cat box if you have a cat, <laughs> uh, you got to clean that thing every month at least. And um, that vinegar is a really nice little sanitizer for that cat box once you get it all cleaned out. And, uh, you know, for your last cleaning part of it, clean it with that, some of that apple cider vinegar. Hmm. And then for a while, your bathroom will smell a little bit like apple cider yeah. vinegar, and that's okay. You but... also put oil on the cat box. I do, because yep. cats tend to scratch into the plastic of the cat box, and then that causes a traction issue. Mm-hmm. And so I'll put olive oil into the cat box and rub it in. So that there's no traction going on when I go to scoop. Yeah. What a lovely conversation we're having today, huh? You know, I will say, though, that one day you thought I was out of regular distilled vinegar and you were cleaning something from my cats up on the carpet and you used apple cider vinegar. And that to me, that wasn't working because it smelled like apple cider vinegar. It smelled sweet for weeks. Well, you could cut it in half with water, too. Yeah. That's another way to do it. Yeah, so. and and the regular distilled vinegar worked fine with baking soda. We have an issue with some bugs down in the garage right now, and I think the way we're going to solve it is spray a fifty-fifty water apple cider vinegar into the crevices where these bugs are. Don't you think they'd love it? I think they'll die. Interesting. Why would uh, it's, uh, the cider? acid content so high in that stuff? Oh, you can okay. use that. Like if you get ants in the kitchen, mm-hmm. you rub your counters down with apple cider vinegar. Really. Uh, and you would think that the sweetness and all would attract the yeah. ants, but they don't like the acid, so they leave. Interesting. Okay. We are having an interesting tip session today. Yeah. the best <laughs> sharp part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note... It's time to wrap up. It is time to wrap up. So thank you for joining us on our October show. If you're not already a subscriber to the magazine, just go to seattledining.com and subscribe for free. All right. We want you to dine safe, dine well, dine often, and make great meals at home. We'll see you back here next month in November. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Seattle Dining Show. This program is a copyrighted production of Mixed Media and may not be reproduced in part or in whole without written permission of the legal owner, all right? However, feel free to share the link with all your friends on Facebook. Studio equipment for this broadcast was purchased locally at American Music, of Fremont icon. The views and opinions expressed on this show are exclusive to the hosts and guests and do not reflect those of former employees of Bill the Butcher, the Surrogate Hostess, the Beeline Diner, Louie's Chinese Cuisine, the Doghouse, the Five Mile House, Charlie's, the Twin Teepees, Ocean Air, Benjamin's, the Madison Park Cafe, or any other lost Seattle icon. Subscribe free to our monthly magazine, online at seattledining.com and join us next time for another edition of the seattle dining show